Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Well, we've had a phenomenal 21 days of prayer. And during these 21 days of prayer, the vision it has been for you to have a time alone with God each day. And so uh, we ended it yesterday with a prayer walk and uh, just so excited about what God did in those 21 days. And I wanna take today and talk about a culture that I hope to maintain as we go into the fall, uh, coming out of 21 days of prayer. Next week, we're gonna start a new series. Um, But if you have your Bibles, let's go Matthew chapter 23 today. And I wanna talk to you today about uh, being life-giving. I wanna talk to you about living with an internal relationship instead of merely an external religious worldview. And so it's talking about how you get good behavior, what gets you to the point where you do walk in holiness, where you do walk in mission, where you do discover purpose, make a difference. How do you get there? And uh, I think that there's two different worldviews that people often adopt. And I wanna just dive into that today. So Matthew chapter 23, if you've got your Bibles, we're gonna go uh, and look at Jesus talking. And I think this is pivotal because I was talking to one of the fathers in our church and uh, He said, I love raising my children at Radiant Church. I said, why? He said, there's a life-giving, innocent, enjoyable spirit, environment, culture. And he said, that's the thing. He said, it's kind of intangible. It's not a specific thing that I can say. It's a culture. And I wanna just talk about that because I wanna fight for that. I think that it's easy to start that way and then slowly become religious. And I'm using religious today in a, in a, a negative sense. Um, you can take that word and it can be positive or it can be negative. I'm, I'm using it today in the negative sense. My bachelor's degree is in religion, so I gotta be careful how much I, anyway. So, but, uh, but, but I, wanna, I, wanna talk, I wanna juxtapose relational as positive, which is internal, with religious, which is, the way that I'm gonna use it is doing the right thing, but not having the right motivation. And that's where I wanna go today. I want us to just work on it and, uh, and get better on that. So that's where we're gonna go. I think it's true. I think that God's doing something amazing. I think there's a culture here of spiritual vibrancy, of relational innocence, of enjoyable ministry. And I think though, you have to fight for it in order to maintain it. But if we have a culture where lots of people are life-giving, lots of people are focused on being relationally connected to God, then I think the overflow will be a continued relational, spiritually vibrant, life-giving culture. So Matthew chapter 23, let's go after it. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, Jesus speaking, you hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. So Jesus saying here is something that looks good on the outside, but it's actually not good on the inside. Blind Pharisee, so you don't even see it. So you can't even see, you think you're fine, but you're blind. So you think you're all right. You can't see what I see, but Jesus is saying, but I see this. Blind Pharisee, first, now it's an issue of order. Here's what I want you to do. First, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then, so as a result of the first, then you get It's if then, it's an issue of order. First, clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will be clean. 
Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs. Whew, Jesus. Which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. I mean, a graphic image here, a grave with bones, dead man's bones, but you're washing it. You're making it look white. You're making it look nice on the outside, even though it's death on the inside. And so Jesus speaks harshly here, but I think that right when we look at this, we can dive into this and focus in on how we can continue to be spiritually vibrant and not hypocrites, not Pharisees. And All right, welcome to church, everybody. Easy subject, hypocrisy. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Father, we love you today. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us, Lord, to walk and be life-giving. Lord, we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us be innocent. We pray that we would be relationally driven instead of religiously driven. We pray that we would walk in an internal walk with God that's vibrant and alive, that plays itself out in spiritual fruit. We honor you and we love you. And Radiant Church said, amen. So, um... Probably about six or seven years ago, uh, I went to go uh, speak at a church and uh, the pastor sat me down before it started and he said, hey, uh, I just want to give you some tips before you preach. And I thought, oh, okay, he's going to maybe talk about, you know, something kind of lighthearted. I don't know. And he says, hey, when you uh, speak to the church on Sunday, he goes, make sure and use a ton of scripture, read a ton of scripture or else they won't respect you. And I said, okay. And then he said, hey, I've listened to you online. He goes, you're funny. And I was like, oh, sweet. Okay, it's turning. This is, gonna, this is going good for me. He goes, don't do that. I was like, well, what? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, don't tell lots of jokes. Don't tell stories or they won't respect you. And so on the inside, I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, all right. And then, it, this is the worst part. Then he said, one more thing. He goes, um, on Sunday, uh, don't wear what you're wearing right now. He goes, or they won't respect you. <laughs> so, I, guys, I looked good that day. I mean, you know, it was one of my better days, you know. And he said, you got to wear a tie or else they won't respect you. And I was like, starting to catch the hint. <laughs> uh, so I showed up and preached my guts out. I mean, I quoted so much Bible. I told no triplet stories. I made no spontaneous jokes. I drank no caffeine. I mean, I gave him my best. And the worship time honestly was pretty hard. It was pretty rough. And uh, the preaching was rougher. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll never forget leaving, I mean, in the car, pulling out, and uh, throwing my tie in the back seat and thinking to myself, I don't ever want to go back there again. I just, whew, that's hard. That was rough. Within that same year, I spoke in that same city at another church, and I walked in, and the worship was vibrant. And there was an innocence. And people weren't necessarily staring at the preacher. They were just staring at God. And then when I spoke, they were laughing and amening. And I was like, yes, God, I have arrived. It was interesting because same city, same mission, and really same methodology in two separate environments, but radically different cultures. This one, for me personally, and I'm giving testimony, I'm not saying all people, I'm talking about me. 
For me, I was like, that's a hard place to go back. For this one, I can't get enough. This environment and this environment, honestly aimed at the same vision. And both had songs, both had sermons, both had prayer, both had small groups, both were very similar methodology, but the vibrancy, the culture, the intangible was radically different. And I think that it's easy for many environments to start off with intimacy with God, with spiritual vibrancy, with life, where the point is not what we do. The point is God himself. But I think over time, it's easy to start to look at the external instead of look at the internal. Here's Jesus. And Jesus' language here to the hypocrites and Pharisees was about focusing first on the inside. You focus first on the inside and Jesus says, if you focus on the inside, if you get that right, (laughs) well then the rest, it's gonna work its way out. We all know this because we've all seen the Disney movie Inside Out, right? I mean, we all know, right? You've seen the movie, Disney movie. I mean, whatever's going on on the inside, the kid eventually does, right? So, okay. Okay, thank you there. Thank you very much. All right, Told you, insecurity. Okay, so here's the reality. This is something that is is so core to vibrancy with Jesus, vibrancy in in walking with God, that it's relationship, it's relational before it's, it's internal before it's external or else the slow process is that you slowly fade. Religion focuses on the outside. Relationship focuses on the inside. And my prayer for us as we come out of 21 days of prayer is that that beating the drum of 21 days, like with God for 21 days, with him, with him, with him, with him, spending time with him, is that there will be that internal focus that leads to an external fruit, but that the first thing is the relational thing. Religion says, do the right thing. Relationship says, get full of God and become the right thing. It's a byproduct of relationship. It's what takes place. You, you can look at even the, the conversation that we have when we read Adam and Eve talking with God way back in the garden. And there's two trees in the garden. Sometimes people think there's a tree in the garden. No, nope, there's two trees in the garden. There was a tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And there was set before them a choice and the tree of life they could eat from and the other trees of the garden and walk with God in the cool of the evening. And that is how they were made. They were made for relationship with God and to consume and life, to consume, I mean, relationship. It's walking with God. And then there's this other idea of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is, leads to death. So that's a religious mindset that says, I'm gonna go my way and the knowledge of good and evil and kind of pursue a good thing my way instead of life in God and consume life. And each of us have the choice. We always have the choice to do the relational life-giving thing or eventually to do the death religious thing. And this, this has good externals Easy for us to do a lot of good things on our own strength. 
But everything about Christianity is life with God. And it's about relationship coming close with him. And out of the overflow of that, it's about motivation. And, and, and the relational motivation is delight instead of duty. The problem is, is that what starts with relationship, if we neglect it, can over time become duty and can become just religious and eventually dead, dead, dead bones. And today, I just like a battering ram want to go after a, a culture of all of us coming together and having a life-giving relationship with God that plays out into a life-giving culture. Relationship with God that that then plays out where our motivation in being together, our motivation in reaching our city, our motivation in making a difference in planting churches across America or reaching the nations is not all the externals, it's him. So the conversation becomes about him. So what we talk about is him. And if it's mostly religious, what we'll mostly end up is looking at each other and talking about each other and talking just strategies, talking about people. And it's good to talk some strategy, it's good to talk some people, but the primary thing, I mean, the central piece is God. And I want to go after that motivation. I remember uh, when, I, when I was a, a teenager, I grew up going to church camp and my, my local church uh, was spiritually vibrant, but I honestly did not enjoy going to our denominational church camp. Uh, our church camp was a little bit rough. Um, we'd go there and there was a whole lot of motivations uh, to go that were something other than just relationship. I mean, we had we had crazy skits, we had midnight hikes, we had awards, we had sports, we had swimming, and then we would all kind of endure chapel. And I know that sounds a little mean, but it's kind of the way that it was. It's just kind of, just, just we, we endured a 90 minute chapel and then we went back to late night games or a late night hike. And so, so the, in my mind, that's what it was for. That's what it was really all about. You tolerated a little bit of that religious culture in order to do the really fun stuff. But when I was 18, I had a pretty powerful experience where I went to a different culture, where I went to a different environment, where I experienced something radically different. And so I stepped into a youth conference and it was not at a camp. There was no swimming. There was no football. There was no baseball. And I thought, man, what kind of thing is this? And I showed up and the first service was not 90 minutes. It was four hours. And it was a little bit weird because when there was all these kids and I was used to like the cool kids sitting in the back, but I watched as kids ran to the front, excited for the meeting to start. I'd never seen that before. And then when we went into worship, it went on for an hour. And I'm used to Pharaoh, Pharaoh. I mean, motions, rolling my eyes. When's this over? Two or three songs and boom, let's go play more volleyball. And I'm watching kids like love it and singing, saying another song. And I'm like, what? And then I'm used to mocking the preacher. You sit in the back and you just make fun of him. You just, that's, you know, that's just kind of what you do. I thought I could do that for the rest of my life. No, just kidding. I mean, that, that, that's what we did. That's what it was. And I'll just never forget going to that environment and kids like taking notes. And then I remember one of the sessions was actually like a long lecture on which nations of the world we could go with our lives to go reach for the gospel. And I remember seeing kids like taking notes and praying about, Lord, here I am, send me. Do you want me to go to other parts of the world? And I just remembered the next day there's lunch and I'm used to a culture where, man, we do just a little bit of chapel in order to just go party and go play. 
But lunch comes and this group of kids is staying in fasting and praying. And I thought, what planet have I arrived on? This is different. And I kept the bracelet to get in. This is a long time ago. I mean, I, 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 this, the event was in July and at Christmas time, it was still on my wrist because I, 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 saw, I saw some life. I saw some spiritual vibrancy where the motivation was different, even though the methodology was similar. Really simple concept, but as you and I follow Jesus for a decade, three decades, five decades, it's so easy to start off in the tree of life and slowly shift the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's really easy to start off with a lot of relationship, thankful for the gospel, thankful for the good news, thankful for the cross, and wind up 20 years later. I do some good things. I'm, so, I, I, I'm good with God, right? We're good. And I just want to invite us today to that innocence where we come back and it's the song that they sang a moment ago. It's, it's, it's all about you. I, I, I'm in this for relationship. If I have a relationship, then I've got everything. It's easy. It's easy to slowly become religious. And I want us to go back to the intentionality day after day and be with God. And I'm going to build on relationship. I, I want to give you three focuses on how. How do I fight to stay in the tree of life? How, how, I mean, what does it look like? We're talking about motivation. We're we're, we're talking about how I get to where relationship with God is a delight instead of a duty, where it's, it's what I enjoy. It's what I want to do. And all of us that are parents, we know that there's a big difference between internal motivation and external motivation, right? We experience it. My son, Justice, this week, he voluntarily, went outside and cleaned out our minivan, vacuumed it out, got the shop vac. Nobody asked him to. And I'm telling you, I was ready to like, what do you want? I mean, I'll sell the house and buy you a college education. I mean, like, <laughs> boy, I, I was like, wow, delight in my heart, right? Now, but, that's, but that's a very different scenario than if he did the exact same thing and went and cleaned the van. But I told him, Boy, clean that van or you're grounded until you're 24, right? Like a ground, a, an external motivation versus an internal voluntary. As a father, I experience far greater delight than when I can create a circumstance that makes him do it. Sometimes I think for all of us, it's good for us to recognize not only that we delight actually in internal transformation, but our father delights when out of the overflow of relationship, you just say, I'm gonna step into calling, holiness, sacrifice, mission. And I just wanna invite us. I know I just kind of rip off the tie, throw off the jacket and just go after relationship and innocence and say, God, I'm coming after you. And And just let some of those external things, some of those external expectations, those external motivators decrease. Let the internal relationship with God be what creates change, which creates behavior change. I see three different focuses that will help us get there. This is kind of testimony. uh, But number one, I would say this, focus on God as Father. That's why if you've been around Radiant very long, you know this is something that we talk about frequently. I know that for me, 
When I read Jesus, he talks about the Father, about God as Father, 150 times. So if you wanna know what God is like, we look at the face of Jesus and the way that Jesus talks about God is Father. And so there's a lot of different um, attributes of God. There's different faces of what, when we study what God looks like, he's a king and he's a judge. He's, he, but if you wanna grow where it, the, the relational peace becomes enjoyable, one of the best things you can do is study, look at, pray, talk about, know God as father like Jesus did. The most famous parable is Luke 15. That's the one that preachers and authors talk about frequently, the prodigal son. And it's my favorite And I want you to see in this the temptation of both sons to become religious. Here's what I mean by religious. Temptation to define everything on external behavior instead of an internal relationship. Most of us think of just the the older brother as religious, but listen to the language of even the prodigal, the younger brother. The younger brother goes out, squanders all that he has on wild living. And then it says, when he came to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired men don't have food to eat? And here I am starving to death. I'll go back to my father. I'll say, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. Make me a hired hand. Hold on a second. Do you hear it? Listen into his thought process. My external behavior disqualifies me from the house, from sonship, from relationship. Tell you what, I'll go back to my father and say, I'm no longer worthy. Make me distant in the house, yet I'll still do the right thing. I'll be like a servant. And so that behavior is how he defined his relationship. And we can do it with good behavior or bad. The prodigal, he said, I've had bad behavior. So I'm going to, I'm still asking if I can stay. I'm not good enough. My behavior defines how I live in the house. So make me like a hired hand. Juxtapose that with the older brother. Now the older brother was the one who had done good behavior, not bad behavior, but the older brother also points to his behavior. He says, what? You're gonna throw a party for my younger brother? All these years I've slaved for you and you've never even once given me a goat for me and my friends to have a party. But this son of yours comes and you kill the fattened calf. Okay, listen, here, my behavior is good. He's getting something better than what I get and I'm in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He's getting something that I want. He's getting something better than me and I'm not celebrating the relational father I'm a religious son that wants to get good things because I have good behavior. And both sons have this temptation to live in religion instead of living in relationship. And if I am bad, then I don't get as much. And if I am good, then I should get more. And all of us have a tendency over time to start to live like that in the father's house. But the beauty of the parable is not the boys, it's the excellence of the father. The relational father runs to the prodigal and says, hey, get some shoes for his feet. Let's put a coat on that boy. Hey, come on. And he says, father, I've sinned against heaven against you. I'm no longer worthy because, and the son and father is, be quiet. No, 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 look at me. This isn't about you and your behavior. This is about 
the goodness of the Father. And at my house, there's a table where even your bad behavior doesn't keep you from entering in. And the relationship is what's key, not the behavior. And we go, what's up? Or you look at the, 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 the older brother. And honestly, friends, I think a lot of us live here. And actually in context in Luke 15, this is who Jesus is talking to. Jesus is talking to religious leaders when he tells his parable. And this is where many of us live. I mean, how many, how faithful have I been? And God, you didn't give me what I deserve. And look what he gets. I did everything right. I got the right education. I, I, I've done everything right. And look what happened to me. And, he, and, and the same thing. Eyes are not on the father. Eyes are on my behavior. Both end up with a wrong view. And if you, if you listen to the father and he's son, we had to celebrate this brother of yours. He was lost and now he's found. You didn't even give me a goat. You never asked for a goat. Everything that I have is yours. Remember that? Luke 15, he goes, all that I have is yours. Which is like, hey, you're not even aware of the goodness and the blessing that's available to you. Come on. And I just want to encourage us. My, that's my temptation. It's all of our temptation over time is to just get external, little religious, eyes not on father, but eyes on each other. Eyes on externals instead of focus in on internal. But man, you get that internal peace and you just got that contentment, that relationship. And when other people are blessed, you're grateful. When other people get the fat and calf, you're like, what's up? I love that kid. Come on. When, when, and, and, and it changes everything. And it makes a house enjoyable to be in. It makes a house innocent. It's not the little sneers, the little, the little fighting, the little... And listen, if there's no spiritual vibrancy, if there's not vertical relationship with God, if it's not internal, then the only thing to talk about is external. Let's talk about the rules. Let's talk about the carpet. Let's talk about the regulations. Let's talk, let's, let's talk about other people. But when you've got this internal vibrancy and not just 21 days, but even beyond 21 days, it's look what God is doing. And this is what God's on my heart. And, and, and are you seeing this? And mountain and God is at work. And, and the whole culture becomes not about us, but about him. And in that, it's, it's a delight. It's like the tree of life. It's innocent. It's enjoyable. But there is the opportunity like the religious Pharisees, like Adam and Eve to say, I'm gonna eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the result of that I'm gonna, is shame, blame. This woman you put in the garden with me, she gave it to me. He's kind of blaming both. Adam is actually, but in that context, you gave her to me, she did. I mean, it's, and you start living in that tree of the knowledge of good and evil and we're mad at each other, we're blaming each other, we're irritated, and it's in the long run, death. But tree of life, life-giving, I mean, focused on Father. Second one that for me is this, is just recognize that God always rewards, applauds, sees internal, right? Famous text about David, right? God looks at the heart, man looks at the outward appearance, 
And I just think that's one of the most key ideas. If you can digest that idea and let that idea so get in you that you live that way, that you think that way, God sees heart, even though everybody else sees external. God sees internal. God applauds internal. God rewards internal. God delights. And when that's inside of you, then, then all of the teachings of Jesus, Sermon on the Mount, blessing others when they curse you, prayer, giving, fasting, serving. It changes everything because you've got a different viewpoint. You're, it's, it's God sees here. God sees what's going on on the inside and nobody else does. They do see external. And that's just, we just got to accept that. That's, I mean, people see external, but God sees internal. God sees heart. So if God sees heart, God sees internal, then even like the Matthew 23 text, man, I got to first, I got to focus in on that. One more, one more focus. So focus on father, focus internal instead of external. And then just, I would encourage you, the last one is, is to focus in on love and relationship instead of having what you first focus on being obedience and commands. Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so, with that, very, very simple logic, he says, if you love me, internal, then you'll obey me, external. So all of us tend to either focus on love or obedience. Do I externally do the right thing or do I focus in internally on God? And I just wanna invite you to go first, focus internal, love to build that out. I'm gonna focus in on that. It's not an issue of either or. It's if you focus in on this one, then you get the latter. Does that make sense? So, so I, I'm for it. I'm not talking cheap grace. <laughs> I, I mean, I wanna, we, we wanna get love. I mean, sorry, we wanna get obedience, but the, the place that you focus in first is I'm gonna focus in on love. And here's what, I, here's the challenge. I think all of us tend to, have a tendency to go on a journey of religion. Here's what I mean. We're inviting you at Radiant to go on a relational journey. So the way we say it is know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. But there's, you could say, you, you could go on a religious journey, just like we talk about that relational journey. So religious journey for me, and I'm just telling you my story, would be, to start with maybe not know God, but maybe ignore God. And then after ignoring, then you reach this point where critical, disobedience, it kind of could lead towards cynicism, annoyance of other people. And ultimately, not towards laying down my life and making a difference, but towards death. <laughs> it's a slow curve. It's a slow process. But we're always making the choice. Am I gonna go on, am I gonna go on a relational journey? Or really, will I go on a religious journey? What God started in relationship will I try to maintain in religion? What God started relationally that I have the opportunity to sustain and stay close. 
Or will I gradually kind of become like this older brother and just live in the house, but live at a distance. And because I'm at a distance, I got false views of what the father's like. And I don't, I'm not living in the fullness of what he has for me. I was thinking about it even in each one of those relational components, like the relational journey. And so we say, no God. And we just finished these 21 days saying, no God. And remember that moment in John 5 where Jesus says to the Pharisees, he says, you search the scriptures thinking that you'll find life, but you've refused to come to me to find life. We can do that. We could, you know, it's crazy is even in 21 days of prayer, it's easy to become religious. Even in 21 days of prayer, it's easy to do it out of the motive to check the box. <laughs> Say, oh, okay. I read the, read the one-year Bible. I watched the video. I read the devotional book. And you can do something that's relational and you can do it with a religious motivation. But our dream is for you to go on a journey with God here at Radiant Church for your anniversary. I just want to give you these. You have this relational knowing God. We say find freedom. That's about relationships. The way that we do that here is small groups. We're going to help you just get connected to relationships. And, and you know that there are some relationships that are just life-taking, not life-giving. Like they just suck the life right out of you. But there are some relationships that out of the overflow of being with God, they're flowing with Zoe life. I mean, the life of God flowing through people, right? Ever been there? You've been around people where it's just like work. And it's just the absence of spiritual vibrancy. But you've been around people that they're just, there's God at work. And by virtue of getting around them, there's a greater work of God in your life. I was thinking about some of those in my life. I was thinking about, I remember uh, Renata and I having dinner with a couple in their, th- their mid to late 30s. And they began to just talk about God's heart for widows and orphans. And they're talking about rearranging their family, their time, their finances in order to reach widows and orphans in another country. And I just remember getting in the car and telling Renata, wow, I am, I, I, I wanna get that heart in me. I think widows and orphans in another country has just become a religious box for me. But there's, there's a tenderness in their heart towards God. God's doing something that's incredible. And the relationship with friendships helped relationally connect me. Oh yeah, let's go back to where it started. It's all about you, God. And God, I want your heart and who knows what God might put in mind. I was thinking about another relationship. I was sitting at an airport talking to a friend of mine. He's got a master's degree in finance. He's a CFO. And he started to talk about he and his wife. They uh, came to Christ as adults and, um, and immediately started to give uh, 10% of all their income and uh, tithe the local church. And he had been saved for like 15 years. And he was like telling me about their giving and how each year they had this vision of going up 1%, you know, each year of, of giving. And, he, and so he called it his giving portfolio. And I laughed and said, giving portfolio. And he said, oh yeah. He said, this is, th- this is like 
for my wife and I, this is what caused us to come alive. And he talked about not just the church that they attended, but he talked about some of the things in the city that he loved to give to. And some, he had four kids and the way that this ministry had impacted his kids, he wanted to give there. And he talked about all these different, and he said, yeah, my, my dream is, and he started to give me his vision for when he was in his late 50s and 60s about what percentage he wanted to live on versus what he gave away. And his, this vital, this ocean of life. And I thought, I think I've become religious in that area. I think I've lost some, but the relationship to help bring some, oh yeah, God, I want your heart. I I wanna get connected. That's why why relationships, that's why we talk about it. That's why why it's such a big deal to us at Radiant. That's why we kind of build so much on you guys connecting in small groups and connecting on teams because those relationships are so important in your journey. In my journey, I come back to it all the time. I'm addicted to making phone calls to friends that are after God. It helps me in my journey. I was thinking about even Renata. Last week on our date night, um, we're, we're sitting there talking and she's talking about kids at Radiant Church, like little kids. And I had this moment where, she is, where she's, she's talking about the difference between uh, how Asher Dorinsky, who's two, and Judah McIntosh. And she's talking about holding one and this one's smiling and this one's real talkative. And I'm sitting there thinking, who are you? You know, like I love our kids, but I don't know I love their kids, you know, like it's just, ah, like there's something, something, it's just, it's just, but oh God, give me, through the relationship, you just go, I want, I want that vibrancy. That's why, you know, many churches, They're built around, (laughs) here's an external behavior. We'd like you to do this. One of our dreams is to just go, what's God doing inside of you? Go get 21 days alone with God. And then that avenue, that thing that's alive inside of you, we wanna help empower that. Kyle, he's uh, an engineer in our church. And this week he's led online prayer meetings on, uh, on Wednesday night. He's, he, he's set up all these Instagram, daily Instagram prayers. He set up a big prayer walk for yesterday. Like the guy is just, it's in, it's in him and it's just empowering that. But you know, you, you know how that comes? That's just an overflow. He's just, it's the ministry thing that's inside of him because he's just much with God and much with God. Then it's not, I mean, if you try to get, if you try, if I try to get somebody who has, who's not, who's only externally motivated, you can't get that. It's hard. Uh, we, we had this, over these 21 days of prayer, we had uh, teenagers that did a 6.30 a.m. Zoom call every day, every day. Dear Lord, every day. Zoom prayer, 6.30 a.m. teenagers. Now picture that. If you're a parent and you want that for your child and you're just going external motivation, good luck, baby. Right? If I'm trying to get my 16-year-old son, who's 5'11", bigger than me, I'm trying to get him out of bed, 6'15", and he doesn't want to do it, hey, you got a Zoom call. Hey, get up. Hey, wake up. I can't remember the Zoom password. I, I Think about it. I got to eat first. I don't... Turn on the video, the webcam. Come on. It, I mean, come on. You, you just motivating a 16-year-old to do something that he doesn't want to do really hard. For a six, but you got a kid 
God is doing something in their life and internal, and it's not religious, it's relationship. It's God at work rather than man at work. It's a whole different ball game. It's a whole different kid. And I'm telling you, that's the way it is for us. I'm telling you, this thing will be death if it's just, let's, let's just religiously do some good things. Jesus would look at us in the same way and say, dead man's bones, whitewashed tombs. I mean, think of a Starbucks cup, a latte that's just been sitting there for 10 years. It's pretty nasty on the inside, right? No, no, no. Vision, every day, fresh life. Every day, relationship. Walk with God in the cool of the evening. Consume life, not tree of knowledge of good and evil, not man's religion. No, relationship. And your relationship, and I'm telling you, will have a vibrancy. And just like I wanted to hang out at the church where it was vibrant, I think we'll make a difference in our city. And I think there'll be people that go, now that, that's what I wanna be a part of because it's authentically God at work rather than man at work. And God at work, whoo, that's a swell time. All right, let's stand together and let me pray for you, all right? We just stretch out your hands like this. I just wanna pray this over our church. Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, I ask, Lord God, that you would fill us with supernatural life. God, we pray, Lord Jesus, that we would be a people in 21 days and for the next 21 days over the weeks and months and years to come where there is clearly God at work, innocence. I pray for life in this house. I pray, Lord Jesus, there would be a delight to out of the overflow of being with God, fulfill calling, sacrifice, pray, serve, reach our city, God, I just pray that you would do a supernatural work today. Touch people. Strengthen them. If you're here today or you're online and you want to begin a journey with Jesus, like you're far from God, and you hear that story about the prodigal son, I just want to encourage you. I don't care how messed up, broken, weak, discouraged you are. You can have new life in Christ. This isn't the only thing that you say to God, but this is the first thing. Just say this. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Save me and make me a new person. I surrender. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, if you're in the room, I'd like to invite you to, in just a moment, have somebody just pray with you. And I'd like to encourage you to just online, if you would just email us, yes, at Radiant Church KC and tell us that you made a decision to follow Jesus. If you're online, if you just do the same thing in the chat, um, or whatever platform you're on, just let us know. Or you can just email us, yes, at radiantchurchkc.com. We wanna help connect you with resources to connect to God, relationships with people, so that you can fulfill all that God's got on your life.